In the beginning, there was darkness. A void waiting to be filled with the echoes of destiny. From the depths of time, legends emerged. Heroes forged in the fires of adversity, their stories etched in the fabric of eternity. Through the sands of ancient deserts, across the vast expanse of galaxies, and amidst the tumultuous waves of the ocean, their journeys began. But amidst the chaos, there arose a whisper, a call to action, a beacon of hope. Now, as the world holds its breath, a new tale unfolds, a story of courage, of triumph against all odds. Join us as we delve into the depths of imagination, as we embark on a journey beyond the realms of possibility. For in every tale lies a lesson, in every legend a truth waiting to be discovered. This is not just a podcast. This is an odyssey, a quest for knowledge, a quest for inspiration, a quest for the very essence of what it means to be human. Welcome, dear listeners, to a world of infinite possibilities. Welcome, dear listeners, to the True Life Podcast. gentlemen welcome back to the true life podcast we are here with the uh republican candidate for governor gary cordery and we are in week number four we've been covering lots of different issues and hawaii is moving down the road towards this new governor gary is there something you want to open with to start our conversation today well george i know once again it's just good to be here you know i i I, uh, I'm just exceedingly blessed to have the conversation because it matters. People matter. Therefore, the conversations matter. The more conversation, the more reasoning together, the more wisdom, everybody benefits. So I can assure you that this conversation is a blessing to me because I always gain wisdom. It's great talking to you. It causes me to, you know, provoking thoughts and conversations are, are part of the sifting process. So it's, it's, a, uh, it's an honor and a blessing to be here. So thank you. Ah, well, the pleasure's all mine. And I I want to, to say thanks to all the listeners, to, to yourself and your family. And this is the first time, at least for me, and I think maybe a first for Hawaii, for Hawaii, when we can actually, as working people, sit down and actually have a long-form conversation with someone who wants to change Hawaii for the better. So I think this new platform is awesome. I have been speaking to... Uh, my friend Matt and Dan and Evie, all these truck drivers. Imagine a couple of truck drivers sitting in a parking lot talking politics, and then one of them saying, I'm going to talk to the guy running for governor and ask him any questions. So I really think that this is an opportunity for the people of Hawaii to come out, whether it's at one of your events or even if it's at one of your the people running against you events, to get out there and be motivated and get off the bleachers and come out here and participate. So I was curious, and some of the guys I was speaking with, we're wondering, what is it that you have learned so far? You've been on the campaign trail for a little bit now. Things are probably a little bit different. You probably hit some obstacles that maybe you didn't think about. Can you share with us some things that you have learned thus far? Uh, yeah. <clears throat> I, think the, uh, I think the idea of, uh, you know, you, you, have a, you have a vision. 
you have uh, some distinct ideas about how to change government. And you begin to articulate that in the public square. And there's an assumption that that's, you know, that's something that's easy to do. Uh, especially in this day and age of social media and this, you know, these various platforms out there that create these possibilities where you would never have them, you know, a couple of a decade, even a decade ago. It is still not that easy. The, the process for having real time, tangible conversations, uh, you know, explaining policy, <clears throat> trying to achieve name recognition, raise resources, just the actual act of campaigning is more difficult than one would think. If you don't have a political background or you don't have uh, celebrity status, uh, breaking into the marketplace, in particular in, in, a, in a state that's all blue, you don't get any media support. Uh, it, is, it has been more difficult than we thought. We're not deterred by it, but in reality, you, you, have, to, you have to keep knocking on doors. You have to keep articulating your, your perspective, your, your, cam, your, your campaign and all those things. So it's been more difficult than I thought, uh, but this is, part of the, this is part of the process. Yeah, there's that. There's there's the what's often referred what's often referred to as the law of unintended consequences, and you know I believe that's a very powerful law. And it seems to me that even when we think maybe we're not making this giant stride that we thought, we're probably influencing a whole heck of a lot more people than we think about. You know, and I, I I'm curious if how has this changed your relationship to Hawaii? Do you see maybe people differently? Do you see government different? Has it changed your family dynamics? What are some, some things there you could talk about? Well, I, you know, I love Hawaii and I love the people of Hawaii. So every time you actually engage in a conversation, you're lo- you either grow and expand or you shut down and shrink. So I live an abundant life. There's enough relationship. There's enough resources. There's enough hope for everybody. There's more than enough. And so when I meet people and I talk to people, I am energized. I'm blessed and overwhelmed with the kindness of people and, and also with their struggles. You know, when we actually get honest about what's really not working on the inside, you sit with somebody who's heartbroken or an issue or not, and they're actually willing to actually open up and allow uh, an honest conversation, you know, an intimate conversation. There's such richness in life. And so that's, you know, for me, this process has been one of growth and just embracing the people. And obviously, there's strains. There's strains on our business. You know, thank God we have people that are working hard on to, so that I can pay my bills. They don't see me anymore. This is a problem. So I have to have these honest conversations with the men and women that I work for, that work with us, that we work together, uh, just talking about what's going on. And so they would be informed. It's, it, it, you know, there's, there's additional strain. I get up early. I mean, you're up early. I've been yeah. up for a while, but last night I got home from events at 10 p.m. Uh, you know, you don't get to bed till 11 a.m. You're up at 4, 5, 5 a.m. So that that's no longer a once in a while. That's every day. So that is a, a part of that is finding rhythm, uh, finding the time to sleep and try to eat properly and then exercise. These are these are difficult things to manage when you're when you're always preparing for something, thinking about something, you know, emailing, texting. All, so this is all part of the I'm not really surprised by it. Uh, it's a good thing. I, you know, there's all, it's all good. And, you know, what I, you know, what I find is what I really find is when we talk to people, they think like, I think this is very encouraging. Even things like sign weaving, people have no idea when you're sign weaving on the side of the road, when somebody 
when you connect with somebody, they smile, they give you a shock, or maybe they honk at their horn. It's amazing, uh, the human emotion, uh, the experience of another human being, even in that kind of a format. Everybody, everybody's on the sideline like, yeah, somebody recognize that we're out here. And it may seem small, but the, the but human interaction, uh, you know, is uh, truly amazing that God would grant us such favor to have relationship with other people. Yeah, I agree. And it's, it's that, it's that line of thinking that I think attracts so many people to you. The fact that you can make a change that you are out there trying to make individual contact with individual people, whether they're driving by or they're talking, you know, and I think it really highlights the point that every person's opinion is valuable. It may not be the one we go with, but every insight is valuable. Every time you meet somebody, there's a potential there to come across an idea that could make Hawaii better. I, I truly think that people running, regardless of what side of the aisle they're on, in their heart, they're probably wanting to make this a better place. And I, I think if we can harness that, and I think your campaign's doing that, I, I believe that you guys are trying to reach across the aisle and do what's best for Hawaii. And I, I think as a builder and as someone who is you know, not been corrupted by the establishment that you have an ability to do that. I, um, can, can you tell me what is the one thing so far that you didn't see coming in the campaign? Uh, the one thing I think is, uh, the media, the reluctance of the media to participate, uh, with equality across the line, you know, so we, we get a great deal of dismissal and, and just, you know, it, it, they just ignore. And it's like, really? Uh, you know, I'm surprised by this. I'm surprised by the small things, but I'm not really surprised about by humanity, but it's interesting. It shows up. People steal your signs. It's like, really? And we put up signs all over there. Everybody's signs are up, but the next day our signs are gone. It's, it's amazing. Somebody's literally going around stealing signs. I, so this is part of humanity. Does it surprise me? Not necessarily uh, in the big picture, uh, but in the nuts and bolts of the, you know, of, of campaigning, it's like, really? So it's all, you know, I, I, I don't necessarily say it's all good in the sense that make light of it. It's not good. It represents a segment of our society that needs transformation. People need to break through. We need to break through to one another. You mentioned a second ago, I'm not running. Yeah, I'm, am I a Republican? Yeah, I am, because my values are aligned with that. But I'm not running as a Republican. I'm running for the people. Everybody has equal value, and and, and that it just it just breaks down the barriers. I don't I don't need to I don't need an R. I don't need a D. I don't need an I. I need a human. Yeah. We this is grassroots. This is about the reality that that people matter. That people's voices matter. So we're painting this picture that people matter, and that when people would come out, come out of the come out of the you know uh, come off the bleachers, get back in life. We have life together. I mean, this is a beautiful thing. I was at Waikiki yesterday. People just having a great time together. The Rotary Club, they were just talking. And all I could just sit back and was go like, wow, I remember this. People actually laughing, sharing their birthday, sharing the loss of a father, you know, the quirkiness of humanity, a beautiful experience. So, I, you know, it's, a, it's awesome. Uh, I have nothing but good things to say. Is there always, is there opposition to to trying to do something right. Yeah. You know, and actually, you know, your statement a moment ago, like you think all everybody is, 
kumbaya. I don't actually believe that. That's not actually true. In my reality, there is evil out there. There is. So that we would be ignorant to good and evil, it, it would, that would be ignorant. That's, that's Pollyanna. That serves no one. A campaign is more like a watchman, right? A watchman on a wall. A watchman actually speaks life to somebody who's about to destroy themselves. It actually says, don't do this because the consequences of those decisions in your personal life and in your family life and those who you care about, to, to be an honor, to be a friend, even if you do not know them, is to say, watch out. The decisions that you're making do not serve you. And oftentimes these decisions are being made by others. Do this or do that. Don't you know if you do this, this will be the, this will be the outcome. Not realizing that the outcome has a secondary and, and uh, consequences down the line. That's what a watchman does. He doesn't just look for the future. I'm not just looking for the, for the future. I'm not just looking out for Hawaii's welfare. I'm looking out for people who are making bad decisions that's going to affect their kids. And to, to be able to have the courage to say, no, this is not honorable. This is not righteous behavior. This does not support your true vision. That's what a watchman does. Otherwise, if I don't do that, if George, if you don't do that in the relationships that we share with the truckers, with the people at the store, right? You see a little kid about to step into the street. You don't need to be told, snatch that kid up. He's about to get ran over. This is what we do as people. If we don't do that, we've checked out. And so it's not just a campaign. My campaign is not just about the future and what's great for Hawaii. My campaign is about the individual. It says, listen, we need to love one another. And love is tangible. We tangibly interrupt bad behavior. We keep, you know, this, these are, some of these are biblical metaphors, but we keep people from going off the rail. And, and they don't even know. They have no idea. But, but if you know, uh, then it's your responsibility. It's not just an idea. It's your responsibility as a citizen to say, no, uh, don't do that. There's a better way. Yeah. So, uh, you know, that's how, you know, that's what I think. Yeah, that's, I like it. There's a, I recently heard a quote about the banality of evil. And what they said was, you know, it's not, while there is people that definitely want to hurt other people, one of the most evil things is by people's nature coming in and choosing their paycheck and their pension over making the right decision. It's these incremental movements that cause people to move far over to the way that's wrong. So you come in and you go, you know what? Maybe I might get in trouble if I do that. So I'm just not going to say anything. Or you know what? I should probably, that's probably wrong, but I'm going to tell them, I'm going to leave out this little information. And when we as leaders, as whether you're a trucker or you're a lawyer or you're an executive, when you make a conscious decision to participate in doing something you know is wrong, you are moving the train down the wrong way. And those little, if everybody takes those little steps, pretty soon we're part of this giant machine that's just steamrolling over people, you know, and it's, how did we get here? Well, we got here by not being honest with ourselves. We got here by not telling the truth. And I think that that's a lot of what you're addressing. We do have a responsibility, not to my kids or to your kids, which we do, but to the to our children's children, you know, and what are we going to leave them? And if, if we continue down this same path, I mean, you know, it, it, I, I think it was Einstein who said, if you 
want to know the definition of insanity. It's doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result. Well, that seems like that's what's going on in our government, Gary. It seems like that's what's happening. Yeah, I, I, when you were talking, I was thinking, wow, you're describing our government. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, that's what came up for me. It was like, okay, yeah, there it is. I, I, you know what? Self-government and, the, and this discipline to exercise and to do what is right, to serve the other, to put the other first. It's the same golden rule. It's the golden rule. Treat others the way you want to be treated. If we would, if that would, if that would anchor uh, our relationships, and I, and it's not always my case. It's it's my vision. It's not always what I do. I'm a selfish guy. I have my own agenda. I prefer comfort. I will set aside comfort by way of self discipline, understanding that there's a responsibility that we we have a responsibility to act and love and and serve one another out of, and for his pleasure you know it doesn't take a brain surgeon when you're walking across the yard and there's a piece of trash on the ground you do not have to be told your conscience should be working and if your conscience is not working you should have a conversation and have somebody talk to you ask somebody how come i how come i don't just bend over and pick up this trash this is these are it may sound these are reflections. You you mentioned a moment ago that you make certain choices and it leads to another choice. And and because because the heart of man, honestly, the heart of man is deceitfully wicked. Mm. It chooses to promote itself. I choose to promote myself. The only thing that restrains me from promoting myself is the other, is to give myself for the well-being of my wife, understanding that if she's full of joy and life, it's good. It's a reflection of how I love her. If I see her in despair, heaviness, just, you know, she's distraught, she's frustrated all the, I'm not talking about occasionally, of course it happens for everybody. That's not my commitment. My commitment is when I experience my wife, I, I wanna see joy. I wanna see peace. If I don't see that, I simply have to look at how I'm sowing into that relationship. And then I must account for it. I have to go to her and say, what, where am I missing it? This is this may seem revolutionary, but this is not. This is the basics. Without those kinds of basic uh, uh, considerations, putting the other first, it's difficult to maintain any sort of loving heart, to remain open to another human being. I just want to take. Human beings want to take. God's designed us to give because, you know, it's more blessed to give than to receive. So there's a there's a commensurate uh, 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 benefit, uh, sowing and reaping, if you will, uh, to, to live in a certain way. And it requires self-discipline. And, and so it's an invitation. I can assure you, I guarantee you, you know people in your life that you always want to be around because they're full of abundance and they're generous. They're generous in their conversations. They're generous with their wallet. They're generous with their time, right? And these people are magnets in society and they are swamped. They're always busy, right? Yeah. So it, that's just, that's how humanity is. I mean, I, well, obviously not all of humanity, but certainly the one that we're discussing. Yeah. You know, it seems to me that when you, there's an old proverb that says to whom much is given, much is expected. And it seems to me, and some of the reasons I was asking you these questions about how you were dealing with the campaign and what has changed is 
what I have noticed in my life with some success that I have had and other people whom I look up to, when you get into a position of authority, you begin to be surrounded by people that are yes men. You begin to be surrounded by people that agree with you because they want to have some of that power rub off on them. And what you said about human beings being selfish and taking, it seems to me that when you find yourself, let's say as a governor, you get in there and all of a sudden you're surrounded with these people that are like, yes, Gary, this is a great idea, Gary. We want this. All of a sudden, you're, you're, you come upon these decisions of people trying to take from you. Wouldn't that affect you as a leader when all of a sudden the people that you claim to lead are wanting to take everything from you? How, how would you deal with that situation? Uh, well, I'm not exactly sure if I understand the question so much about people wanting yeah. to from me. I mean, there's a, there's a certain amount in my, in my experience, people yeah. like accolades. They yeah. like they like the best seat in the restaurant. They like they like when they pull up that people you know you know embrace you and all of that. That's just part of humanity. We might as well just we might as well just get honest about what's true. Mm-hmm. People like to be loved. Just get good, lovely, yeah. right? It, there should be no shortage, but there is, right? There's a deficit, and then there's people who who self promote. That's all you're talking about self promotion. And if they can get self-promotion based on in a relationship because of somebody else, they can glean something from another, uh, then people flock to be around celebrities. They just do. They want a picture. They, they want to say, uh, and there's something about humanity that loves all of that. And I don't necessarily know that that's a bad thing. The question is, is do you have people around you who, who will bring order, who will actually speak to it? That's what my wife does. That's what my friends do. That's what my daughters do and my son-in-laws and people like you. People will ask hard questions, ones that can't be avoided. The closest friends you have are the ones who will speak hard truth, right? Iron sharpens iron. People who, people who will say to me, what's with that, right? What? what? And uh, I do have friends like that. And my wife, my wife, Kim, she's like that. She's like, well, uh, I don't, that's, I don't like the way that sounds. <laughs> I'm like, first thing would be I'll squirm. Yeah. I'll, I'll squirm, I'll sidestep, I'll look for a back door. But if I really committed to, to, uh, to, um, to love in the other, then I'll, I'll consider it. And maybe it won't, maybe it won't happen that day. Maybe it'll take a couple of days for that, for that to resonate and we come to the conclusion that, yeah, you know what? Uh, I need to account for this way of thinking the behavior, and then I can go find that person and say, you know what, the way I treated you was not honorable. The way I treated you was disrespectful and actually articulate that. Don't just say, I'm sorry, I didn't mean that. That's not true, you did mean it. How about we start talking like that? How about people say, I dishonored you by what I said. I slandered you, I gossiped about you. Will you you please forgive me? The beauty of that is brings more restoration and more hope into humanity than all these slick conversations. This is why we struggle with government. Make promises, break promises. It doesn't work. It's not working. We're, we're suffering because that does not work. Yeah, that's really well put. I, I, that is really well put. The, the, um, Honesty, even if it's a little bit uncomfortable, creates freedom. And the real freedom is when you can tell yourself the truth and act upon it quickly. 
And there's not enough of that in government. In fact, I would argue that that is the very thing that government tries to hide from is this idea of transparency, this idea of being truthful, because they don't want to be wrong. Because if you're wrong, you get in trouble and no one wants to be wrong. But if you're if it's not at the level you want, it's wrong. If it's not at the level you'd be proud of, then it's wrong. And you, me, people in YNI, people in Waikiki, we deserve to have it right. Like we're paying into this thing like it should at the very least, there should be clarity on what it is we're doing. You know, let me ask you this. As we look at the world transforming, we're beginning to see what appears to me to be a sort of downtrend with building and costs going up and inflation. And if we're honest with ourselves, we've kind of seen this trend happening. As someone who is on their way to political office, do you see this as some, as an opportunity to make change? Or do you see this as something that is going to harden the people in the positions of authority already? Well, you know, uh, hope never disappoints. <laughs> it doesn't, right? Wherever I go, we start talking about policies that create hope. People start, people's minds begin to reconsider what's possible. We, we tend to settle for the scraps that come off somebody's table, not realizing that there's more than enough for everybody. And so that we would stand for that kind of a relationship. And it's not just about politics. You're talking about humanity. Yeah. In politics, though, they do take our taxes. We do. We are the highest tax state of the nation. Oh, we're 11%. But nobody counts about the taxes and the revenue and the regulations that are implied or brought about in our in our policy through the departments. They have their own ability to generate funds, to re generate resources, to implement fees. By the time you add all of those things in, George, we are the highest tax state in the nation by far. People don't know this. So when you start talking about uh, policy, when you start talking about how we can govern through these departments and you start replacing the department heads, the deputy department heads, the administrators, and you start casting a new vision for a state and you say, we can actually have this like this. It is possible. Then people go, I never knew it was possible. I thought we were supposed to live in this kind of poverty, poverty of spirit, poverty of mind, poverty in your, in your pocketbook, poverty in the workplace, poverty on the street, poverty in our, in our education system, poverty in our local businesses. We have this, we've been conditioned in Hawaii that we can live in poverty and that who will pick up the balance, the government will take, will make up the difference. This creates its own type of poverty, merit-based economy. When at the end of the day, you look in the mirror and you say, I've done the best I can do it, did this day within the circumstances that I've, that I've lived in this day, I've done the best I could do. When you can say that in the mirror, there's something that happens inside of you that says, yes, it is well with me. I've done what I could do to serve. I've done what I do to give. And there's a benefit. There is a benefit. It's, it's just how it is. And so that we would declare that in our candidacy, what we're doing, Gary Cordery for governor, we're saying to the people of Hawaii, you do not have to live in these circumstances anymore. There must be change. And is there, is there resistance? Of course there's resistance. I don't know about you, but just going to a new restaurant creates its own sense of, of, of resistance. Oh my gosh. And then you're there, you order the same thing. You, you have two or three things on the menu that you order all the time. But why not turn, turn the page? Turns out there's something amazing on the other page. But that just doing something new 
creates its own sense of like, oh yeah, should, should I try this? This is how we are as, as human beings. You know, we, we drive to the store the same route. We shop at the same store. We buy the same food. We go to the same movie theater. We, we choose the same airline. This is, this, is, this, is not, this is not a bad thing. I'm just saying that any change represents a certain amount of conflict, if you will. And, and I'm asking people to make a major change. So there's a certain level of resistance that inherently lives in people. The idea that we're going to live in faith, that we're going to trust, trust something other than the government to make up the difference. That's what I'm calling people to. That's what I'm saying to you, George. I'm calling people, don't trust the government give yourself, send yourself, be the gift. The people are the gift. As soon as we understand that what we're most afraid of is not that we're not adequate, what we're actually most afraid of is that we're more than adequate. The, The amazing gift that human beings are, it's more, more than we can imagine. And that's what we're afraid of, that we're actually more than we believe about ourselves. So we send, we should send each other. I'm asking you, send me in these conversations. So I'm sure I spun, but uh, this is an open, this is just a conversation. Two guys having a conversation about how to make the world better. I like it. Let me ask you this. I don't know if we've driven that point home enough, at least for me, this idea of fees being taxes, I didn't think about that until our last conversation, but you're right. I started looking at my bills and there's a fee for this water. There's a fee for this thing. And I'm like, that is a tax. It's, it's, it's like inflation. It's a hidden tax, but here's these agencies that have their own little bank or their own, Hey, bring, take this pile and put it over here. So let, let, can you give me an example? If you were to get in and you could Obviously, we have spoken previously about the governor being the most powerful person, the most powerful governor in the United States. Let's let's walk me through this idea of if you put someone, let's just use the DLNR. If you changed that person there, how would that get rid of the fees? How would it get rid of these hidden taxes? I believe it was the Lingle administration, actually. I think she was trying to be responsible and not raise the taxes on the people with an income tax. She told the agencies, and I, I could be wrong, I believe this is so. She told, I, it did happen, whether it was her or not, I'm not absolutely sure, but she basically told the agencies, yeah, you wanna do something? You wanna do something in our community? Then you raise the resources to do that and, and empower the, the departments to start assessing fees to what they wanna accomplish. This is where all these hidden fees come from. So we don't really realize that these hidden fees are supposed to be paid out of the general fund. They're not paid out of the general fund. They're not a part of your 11%. These fees are assessed by the individual departments. So as DLNR is an example, you want to go to the, you want to go to Hanama Bay? Don't you pay a fee? That fee was not generated at the legislative branch. That fee, park fees, anything to do with land fees, these fees are generated, they're, they're, the inception of them, the implementation of them comes within the department administrative structure. So we don't think about this because we just, assume, like you just said, you look at your bill. How come there's a bill on your, on your cell phone? Where did that come from? How come, this, how come there's an access uh, fee for this or, or something like that, a fee for that, a regulation that actually costs you money to overcome? As an example, when you go to have your car, when you go to register your car, 
Where does all that, where do all those fees come from? That's not from the legislative branch. That's from government. That's from the department level saying, we want to generate more resources because we're going to take care of the quote potholes in the road. So you get taxed. Is it a tax? Not according to the state government. Your taxes are 11%. Oh, we're good. We're only second highest in the nation. But they don't count these fees that are being established by individual uh, governmental agencies, the departments. So DLNR, how it would work. Some, so that uh, obviously, uh, well, not obviously, may not be obvious, but uh, ob the, uh, the director, it's, it's, still, it's still nominated by the governor. It has to be confirmed by the Senate. I, that may be a problem. There are senators and, and these relationships, senators or uh, the legislative body have to confirm this appointment. Some appointments have to be confirmed, some do not. So we, what, what, we, what we will do is we will look for nominees that have a clear uh, vision about what it means to support the people, to manage the responsible piece of government, right? Those, that director and the deputy directors and the administrators below them, they basically decide what happens with, with, with DLNR, with land issues in Hawaii. So whether it's the whole, let's say it's Hawaiian homes, that's under DLNR, right? How Hawaiian homes and what happens with regard to who has access, when the money gets spent, how it gets spent, which property should be sold, which land use issues should be uh, either modified or, or uh, rezoned or constrained or opened up. These are all policies issues within DLNR. Those are made by staff people. They get into a conference room and they say, well, there's been this request to put a road in. Oprah wants a road on Maui. Now, nobody else can get a road, but Oprah wants a road. We should give her a road. So DLNR makes a move, creates the possibility for the zoning change, and Oprah gets a road. This is exactly how it works. Obama gets a seawall. Nobody in Hawaii gets a permit for a seawall. DLNR, hey, Mr. Obama wants a seawall. Let's just move regulations around so that he can have a seawall. This is corruption. Yeah. How do you change this? You change so that there's equity, there's justice, equal justice for all, not just in the Justice Department, not just with the Attorney General and what he declares to the prosecutors, how, how uh, justice will be administered in our society, but justice through all of the departments. How come departments in the Department of Education all of a sudden can reallocate a couple of hundred million dollars establishing an administrative piece for social change that has nothing to do with educating our kids? And where do the fees come to do all of this? Are these taxes? No. This is the cost of education. Is it a tax? Hmm. It's not necessary. It's not teaching our children. It's a policy change made within the department. So I've been telling people, and I, George, on this show, I tell you, people do not understand that the implementation of policy that governs your behavior, that creates opportunities or constrains opportunities in society is generated, implemented at the department level. It's funded by the legislators. They give these departments a block based on their request. DLR says, I need a billion. The legislators, they argue about the billions so that they can look good in front of the people. We did our job. Oh, we're gonna give them 990 million. They issue the 990. At that point, these departments have carte blanche. 
to distribute and allocate these funds based on their perspective of what's required for a healthy society. That is where the problem is. This is an invitation to corruption because if you're an influencer and you think you should have a road, well, that's a good for the society. We should have a road. So these are just simple examples. I can tell you the the list is staggering about how your money, my money is misappropriated through people making decisions about what's important, who gets, who doesn't get, the have and the have nots. You can remember the essential and the non-essential. Do people want to hear this conversation? No, they do not. Because not only does it require change, it requires personal responsibility from the citizens to stand and say, no, this is not good governance. So I can tell you, we could talk for hours. Uh, this is deep water, but it must be exposed. This way of relating, people should have access to their departments. That's what I'm offering. I'm saying that no longer should people be dismissed. People are dismissed. I just, we just saw it in the Department of Education. You will wear masks through the summer. Who gave them that authority? Where does that authority come from? Department of Health? Has Department of Health really, do they really have the authority to tell the Department of Education you show mask? They do not. This is a this is a myth. And it's being implemented, it's been implemented not just in Hawaii. We see this in other states, and Hawaii is just mimicking what New York does. So the people must be illuminated about this. And the only change to this is a change of leadership at the top. That's why I'm running. Yeah, that's really well put, Gary. I, I There's a lot in there when it comes to corruption. There's a lot in there. Now, when we talk about these fees and influences and stuff, you know, is it is it possible to audit those fees? I mean, how, how do we know that like, we have no idea. It seems to me, at least in my in my naive opinion, I have no idea where they what they do with those fees or where it goes. They could be paying Peter to rob Paul, or you know, they, they could be giving them to their friend who started a business. I don't know where those fees go. Are they accountable for those fees? Because ultimately, it's 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 money they're taking from us. Is there a are they accountable? And is there a way to hold them accountable? Uh, you would like to think there is. Yeah, uh, you would. Uh, you know who nominates the ethics department? No, who? Hmm. That's so fun. That's so. Think I don't know if it's magic that. or tragic. Think about this. The governor nominates uh, uh, the judges, not the Supreme Court, but they are the judges. They, in turn, pick and, and approve the ethics commission, who is confirmed by the Senate. So the fox is watching the hen house. This is an old metaphor. The idea of ethics in government means accountability and illumination, right? That the people would know where their resources are going. The government currently sees your resources, the, the things that you make, the taxes that you pay. They see the people as a resource and they glean the wealth from the people through taxes, through these fees that we've been discussing. They take these resources and they appropriate however they see fit. Is there, is there accountability? Yes, there is accountability. I can tell you, we, we will have in our, we will have in the, in our administration, 
we will not only have a whistleblower, we will have an ongoing illumination of what's happening with your tax money. I, you know, we will have a briefing. I'm not th sure that it's daily, but I can assure you there'll be at least a weekly briefing and the topic will be corruption in government. We will illuminate these things before the people and the people will, will know. This is already illuminated out there, but this is how it's illuminated now. Oh, the legislators are, they, they, took, the, they took the approved bill, right? They took the, they, they asked for more money, they got it. They took it in the back and these are metaphors, the smoke right, filled. Right, they right. take this bill that's been approved, that has been lawfully passed in the Senate, HB, whatever it is, they take it in the back and they add amendments to it behind closed doors. They add all of these policies and all these fees and all these loopholes and all these caveats, all these carve outs are done that nobody knows about. And it's issued to the public as law. The public has no say. So what, what the people don't know is who's sitting in those smoke-filled rooms. Who is that? Who's making these decisions? I can tell you, they will know. This behavior, this backroom deal-making, this, this adding to law, own special amendments, uh, this must end. It must end. And the only way to end it is to illuminate it, that the people would know who's sitting in that back room, who are they lobbying for, why are they lobbying? Who's the benefactor? Who's the loser? And this, this uh, what I'm describing is accountable government. This is, not, this is not rocket science. This is simply, they collected the, the budget 16 billion. Why? Why is the budget 16 billion? I just wanna know. Wow, you know, it's, I think that it makes me upset with myself that I, I haven't done enough homework to look at that. But when you, when I follow what you say, you have a governor that appoint, it's like having a Royal family. Almost you have a King come in, he designates to his Lords and then they just take everybody from the land. And when you, when, when I get reduced, when my humanity gets reduced to a resource, you know, it, it sure makes it easy if you're on top and you can see a number on the bottom rather than a human being. You, you can see something not profitable instead of someone who's hurting. And like, that's the one thing that should be, that's, this is why everybody, if you're listening, this is why you should listen very close to what Gary is telling you. It's not about Hawaiian or black or white. It's about an upper class and a forever bottom class. If we don't change this now, you know, you can, the, the king can change his robe, but he's still the king. They're going to appoint the ethics. They appoint the board. There's nothing we can do unless we get our representative in there to make changes. Yep. There you go. <laughs> this is like, this is like rearranging the furniture on the Titanic. Yeah, it really is. We're talking about, you want more of the same, then vote for this democratic party. I'm telling you flat out, you want more of this? There's plenty more. They'll serve up platters. It's like a buffet. I would much rather have a plate one lunch with integrity than a buffet with dishonesty. This must end. And I can tell you, you described it perfectly. There's the upper class and then there's the others. The problem is the ones that suffer first are the least on the pole. Those who do not have the capacity to 
to, uh, that's actually not a true statement. I'm going to move back. That is not true. Everyone has the capacity to exercise self-government. It's inherent in our being. But there are groups that are taken advantage of, like the Hawaiians, the Hawaiian people, that they don't own their land, that they're on leased land, that they sit for years, 30, 40 years on a wait list for land that belongs to them. This is shameful. These people should own their land. This should be legacy property. This should be able to create wealth for their kids. That is not the way it is. Why? Because the government will lose the resource. That's why. Period. The government gets dollars from the feds, hundreds of millions of dollars from the feds in programs for the Hawaiian homes. This money is distributed and where does it go? Do you think it gets to the people? I haven't seen it. Do you see it? It is, you know, want to know why? It goes into that quote unquote general fund. And it just somehow miraculously, the people never see it. So they get on a wait list. They hope and beyond hope. And in the meantime, the government gives them money to pacify them that while they're on the wait list, there's just enough of a carrot out there that they won't actually say, hmm, I should do something about this. I'm telling you that we will, we are going to go to Congress. We are going to create, I've been studying this. We're looking about, there's been a lot of amendments to the Hawaiian Homes Act over the years. People don't realize this. They think that everything that's there is codified in stone. It is not. There is a, there is a pathway. It's the Department of Interior. It's the congressional support. It's a governor who will stand. There's been no governor who said, no, this is not right for the people. And there's a, there's a path to make change. And are, are there going to be uh, organ, or, uh, groups screaming? Of course there is. It's change. Will the people benefit? Yes, they will. And this is the point. Do people have to pay for others to benefit? No, they do not. This is the lie that there's not enough. There's enough. People must seize, seize the opportunity. This is the opportunity. We're discussing the possibility of hope for the people. And the people are all the people, even the people that we're calling elite. We call them elite because they, they don't live by the rules that you and I live by. They still will benefit. They will benefit, just like the guy who has nothing. This is the misconception or the misrepresentation of the reality. So um, I, I, I'm just, I'm, I'm declaring this. I'm declaring this for the people of Hawaii. Come, come out. I'm George, a shameless plug. Yeah, please. Go to my website, donate, press. I want to get involved. Tell your neighbors, create, go, go to the organizations that you're a part of, the truckers in Hawaii. The truck union, get them together, get 100, 200, 500, 5,000. Let's talk. Let's have real conversations about what really matters. Let's look for possibility. We're living in an unsustainable time where government will continue to reduce the individual for its own self-sustaining programs. This must end because at the end of the day, we're all individuals. You can only steal so many, somebody's wealth for so long before there's no wealth left to steal. That's communism. That's where we're headed.
Yeah, it's, you know, I, I want to be mindful of your time. I, I, I wanted to go back to one point, though, and just remind you, you know, when you talk about being ignored, when you talk about people stealing signs, it reminds me of Gandhi, who says, at first, they ignore you, then they laugh at you, then they fight you, and then you win. I think the fact that people are trying to ignore you, they can't ignore you. I, I, I'm, I know people in on Sand Island, I know people that are talking about you. And so I just, I hope you understand when you hear people stealing signs, that should in a way make a little smile curl at the end of your face. Like, yeah, that means they're afraid. You know, that's, that's what it means. It means, hey, get rid of this guy's son. This guy's a threat to us. And when they do that, that's a simple sign that you're beginning to make change. The fact that somebody wants to steal your sign, that's change. Hey, don't let them see this, right? I want to see anything. Anytime someone wants to hide from something from me, I want to see it. So I hope that you can find solace in there. And, and even though it's probably difficult to, to see that happen, that, that's part of it. You know, first they ignore you, then they laugh at you, then they fight you, and then you win. Is there anything else you want to leave the audience with, Gary? Well, uh, you know, uh, George, thank you. I, the audience, I, I honestly, I, I don't know your audience. Of course I don't. And you and I have never met face to face. True. But the fact that we can have an honest conversation, I have great honor and respect for you. I would say for those of you who watch George's podcast, I, 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 don't, I don't know if you repost this. I'm not even sure how this works. I'm really a little tech guy. <laughs> should spread George's, George's podcast. This is a man. I'm just telling you, this man, I, I don't, we just have this conversation. But he's asking real questions about things that matter for the people. So however you magnify uh, George's podcast, would you please do that? We'll all benefit. And then vote, register. I've just been telling people, get your contact list out on your phone. Just get it out. Exercise. It's going to take you a half an hour. Start at A. Make a note of those people, your friends, in your contact list. Go through Z. Write them down. Then start calling these people. Call them on the phone. Reestablish your relationship. A lot of them you probably haven't talked to for a while. Call them on the phone. How are you? I just, I just, I haven't talked to you for a long time. Just had an honest conversation. Can, if it's, if there's issues, then address the issues. A lot of the reason, reason George, a lot of reason I don't talk to people is I have unresolved conflict. I just don't want to deal with it. Humble. I'm, I'm humbling myself when I call somebody and ask them, will you support our campaign? Is that an easy call? Of course not. You know why? You want to know why it's easy? because you have to reestablish the relationship first. So call your friends, call them on the phone, tell them to register to vote, ask them to register to vote. Trust the fact that you have an honest friend, ask them to donate to the campaign. You know, so uh, these are just, this is just life that we would love each other in such a way to have an honest conversation, to honor a person that way. And don't be, don't be discouraged. Give yourself. Help is on the way. <laughs> All right? Yep. Freedom is on the way. Yep. Freedom is not free. It's not free for me, and it's not free for your listeners, and it's not free for you. Your responsibility is to participate in the govern, government and who gets elected. It is your responsibility. And I just share that with you, George, just between you and I. Yep. Go on my website. Make a donation. It's your responsibility. If you believe in what I'm saying, you believe that this would be the right way to govern Hawaii, then it's your responsibility to support it. 
for you not to do it, then it's a sounding gong. It's a clanging symbol. Yeah. <laughs> it's not. It is not. So I just, uh, I'm grateful for this time, George. You're a blessing to the community. I'm super grateful. I look forward to have a real cup of coffee one of these days. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, uh, so thank you for this opportunity for your, for your uh, viewers, for you viewers out there. Thank you for taking the time to listen to me ramble. Uh, I can assure you, if you support our campaign and we win, you will have a different future and it will serve you and it will serve your legacy. So run with me, help me, help me to win. That's it, ladies and gentlemen, you get the government you deserve. So get out there and do, do what you know you need to do. So, all right, well, that's all we got for today and we'll be back again. Um, I encourage everybody to reach out to Gary, go to his websites. We're gonna put all the links down below. And just so everybody knows on the, on the listening, can you tell us exactly where that is, Gary, so they can have it in an audio format? Oh, thank you. It's Gary Cordery for governor.com. That's G A R Y C O R D E R Y for F O R governor.com. That's the, and you can find us on IG. You can find us uh, Facebook, Twitter, uh, you know, in, in, in IG, Instagram, all these formats you can find us. And if you've honestly, if you see a post, repost it. You want to know how you can help us? Just repost it. Say a comment, two, three words, boom, send it, repost it. This is how uh, uh, these platforms are most successful is that people hear, they see, they repost. I'm not talking about emoji and an emoji, just, yes, this is good, done, send it. Magnify, magnify, illuminate. Yeah, that helps the algorithm. The more you, the more retweets, the more stuff you get out there, the better the algorithm. And what, do you have any events coming up or working? Is there something going on this weekend? Are you speaking somewhere work? Is there anything coming up? Yeah, there's uh, in Wailua, there's a candidate debate uh, tonight in Wailua at the, uh, the community association. There's a, a Republican uh, debate this, uh, the 14th, uh, I think it's Saturday night. Uh, it's at the convention center. You can go on, on the, on, go on our website. You'll see these, uh, these uh, flyers, these digital flyers on our website. Uh, I'll, be at, I'll be speaking today at, uh, at 10 o'clock at a center in, it's too late for that, but uh, at 10 o'clock uh, later this morning, and then at eight again tonight, I do two or three things a day. Some of them are private, some of them are not. I, I was just at Rotary Club yesterday. Uh, I was at another event last night. So if you go to our website or you know go to IG, you'll see these flyers that come up. They're sign waving, people can participate. You can get out there. We're, we're doing phone banking. We're doing door to door. We're doing this platform. We're doing, we're gonna be doing mailers. We're doing the entire thing. So there's, uh, there's an opportunity. Uh, we need people to repost. We are trying to develop a group of 25 to 50 people. This is what they want to do. They have the time. They, maybe they can't sign wave, but they have, they have a few minutes. Something pops up, boom, resend it. Uh, it's very helpful. So um, anyway, go to the- Yeah, there you go. Ladies and gentlemen. You'll find an invitation. There's this fundraiser. We have a fundraiser coming up at Chai's Restaurant on the 19th. It's a fabulous, it's a private fundraiser. But if you want to participate, uh, contact contact the website. Uh, it's a re, it's it's expensive. It's two thousand dollars for dinner. This is how you raise funds. I, and there are people that can. This is no problem. But I can tell you, it's an amazing experience. It's a limited venue. It's twenty five people. Uh, food is just off the charts. George, I invite you. I haven't even talked to you about this. Uh, 
is it a, is it a, so yeah, you make investments all the time. We make investments. We hope for a return. This is what I'm talking about. This is a, this is a high, high end investment that not everybody can make, but I can assure you on in your listenership, the people who listen to these podcasts, there are people out there come and support. This is how, this is how we actually make this thing happen. So anyway, yeah. Well, I, I appreciate it. everybody. You heard the invitation, regardless of your age or your gender or what, where you're at in life, there's a spot for you. And you, like I said, you get what you deserve. Participate and reap the rewards or ignore it and reap the, the downfall. So it's here. It's our time to make the world better. We all have a responsibility to do it. And the future can be glorious. We're going to make or break ourselves by what we do. And we're going to get what we deserve. So I, I really enjoy it. I, I, I'm thankful for the time you're here. And I, I believe in the vision. And I'm I um I'm look I think we have a bright future ahead of us so thank you very much and we're gonna get people there and uh, that's what we got for today. All right, thank okay. you, Jordan. Aloha, everybody. Have a great afternoon. All right, take care. Okay. Bye. Aloha, everyone. Thanks for taking a moment to hang out with me in the True Life Podcast. I truly appreciate it. If you're taking some time to listen to this, whether it's your first podcast with me or you've been with me the whole way, I truly want to say thank you from the bottom of my heart. Additionally, I would like to try to inspire everyone. The world is a crazy place. And if you listen to your heart and you take some chances, I really think the world will unfold in front of you in ways you can't imagine. I've been doing the podcast for about five years Last year, I decided to take the plunge. Well, circumstances dictated that I took the plunge, and I did. I've begun working on the podcast full-time for almost a year now, and it's been so rewarding to me that I just want to try and inspire other people. If you have a dream, if you have a vision, follow the voice in your heart. Listen to the song on the wind and embrace the challenge. I think you're strong enough, you're smart enough, and you're good enough to make your dreams come true, but you have to believe in them. And I truly believe wholeheartedly that if you take a chance, a real chance on what is possible, then your dreams will unfold in front of you. Uncertainty can be a monster. It can be something that we run away from. But much like fear, if you stand in front of it, it's not that big of a problem. I know everyone listening to this has a dream and a vision, and I hope you all conquer it. And I want you to know it's possible. Take baby steps and move towards it, and you will get closer to it. Your relationships will be better. Your life will be better. And you know what? You deserve it. You're an amazing person. If you get a moment, go down to the show notes. If you can, support the show. Thank you so much for being here. Now let's get to it.